Living the Principles. This podcast is hosted by Latricia Smith and Phyllis G. Williams. Living the Principles seeks to expand mindsets, express beliefs, and edify excellence in hopes of building a stronger Black community. Welcome to Living the Principles. Welcome. I am Latricia, and with me is my co-host, Phyllis. Hey, Phyllis. Hello, Latricia. Hello out there, Difference Makers. June is National Fruits and and Vegetables Month. You can get greens, beans, tomatoes, potatoes from your own backyard or windowsill. Let's get into the garden life and more with our guest, Dr. Shante Brewer. An educator by profession and passion, Dr. Shante Brewer, South Side of Chicago native, combined her two passions together to create a renewed mindset surrounding urban farming and nature therapy. Dr. Brewer, known as Shy Farmer Bay, is an avid advocate for an urban agriculture education in schools at all levels. Tapping into nature to retrieve mental and physical healing, as well as going into nature to restore and rejuvenate spiritual connections. Being an urban agriculture educator since 2016, Shy Farmer Bay has shifted many Chicago youth mindset around what is possible in a city like Chicago and what is a farmer can look like. Currently, Shy Farmer Bay is working on a garden planner that will incorporate easy to follow steps to get your organic garden started and thriving. She's also looking for additional schools to expand her new urban agriculture entrepreneurship classes and composing a healthy study on direct benefits of nature therapy, specifically agrotherapy on heart patients. That's interesting. <laughs> All while taking care of her beloved farm animals in Bay Window Jungle. Yes. Let's welcome... Dr. Shante. Hey, Dr. Shante. That's so interesting. Hello, <laughs> Thank you so much, ladies, for having me on. I appreciate you. You found me on TikTok and here I am. <laughs> we are so excited to have you. I'm excited to have you because you are so exciting and so passionate. And before the show started, we were talking for a few minutes and I was like, you're going to have to repeat all that. I want to talk about because it is National Fruits and Vegetable Month, I want to talk about how can we grow our own fruits and vegetables easily. Right. <laughs> the very first step is, is literally just doing it. You literally can start with scraps that you get from the grocery store. So I know not everyone is patient. So starting things from seed requires some patience. Um, So what you can do, if you buy a head of lettuce, say for example, some romaine lettuce, and you know, we peel off the the lettuce, uh, like the big uh, leaves, and we generally leave that core. If you stick that core in some water, like put some toothpicks around it, so then that way it's kind of like suspended in the air and only that bottom piece is in there, it will start regenerating more leaves and you'll see roots growing and you literally can put that 
in the ground. You can put it in a cup. You don't have to spend a lot of money on a fancy planter because I'm all here for us starting our gardens without breaking our bank because, you know, our coins got to go for gas, apparently, because, you know, that's astronomical right about now. Um, but the, the point being that we want our gardens to be sustainable. And what that also means is using what we get to get what we want, to quote the Players Club back in the day. Um, so even with strawberries, you buy strawberries at the store. If you peel off, the strawberry seeds are on the outside. So if you actually skin the strawberry and put it in a grain, baby, you have some, some uh, strawberries growing. Um, the wow. same thing can happen with um, corn on a cob that, that you purchase. So it, it's a variety of different ways that you literally can just take what you already have and say, I, I want to multiply this. I want to be fruitful and multiply. And, and you can do that. Now, other ways are that you can go to Menards, Lowe's, um, any place that has um, a garden center and they happen to sell burpee seeds. Burpee has gotten real good with making things super easy. So they have what's known as seed disc now. So it comes as a little circle and they literally tell you put it in a container that is 12 to 14 inches or 12 to 16 inches wide, put a little uh, soil on top of it, water it, and you're done. You just keep checking back. Boom. You can have lettuce. Uh, they have seed tape as well. So you don't have to worry about those individual little seeds and the straight rows. All of that is done for you. Wow. And I found this out this year to put everybody up on game because I don't believe in gatekeeping. If you have an EBT card or you know somebody that got an EBT card, do you know that you can purchase seeds and seedlings with an EBT card? Wow. Yeah, like like I said, I'm I'm for no gatekeeping over here, but once again about sustainability. And basically that lets me know that not only I as I was telling you ladies before the show, how I like to say there's always room to grow, but meaning that there's always a resource as well that can help you get started and then truly make your garden sustainable. Like what whether you feel like you got pennies in the bank or not, like baby, we can make this work. <laughs> So it sounds like pretty much anybody can begin a garden. It's not about expense. If you have something already in the refrigerator, you can regenerate it. And if you have a little bit of money, you can go and buy some seedlings. Mm -hmm. And if you have an EBT card, you can buy some. Mm -hmm. So none of us really have an excuse not to have a garden why why is it important to grow your own food well I think it's important to grow your own food first and foremost so we know that so many people are facing what they call food insecurity but I also look at it as health insecurity as well because when you put when you allow someone to have power over what you consume we don't know what's going on throughout the process anything being grown. So meaning, I don't know what pesticides you're putting on there. I don't know what type of soil it's being grown um, in. So it's just a lot of factors that now you get to take control yourself over. And I myself, everything I do is all organic. So that's something else that I, I like to encourage others to take the path on it. And I know that sometimes 
you know, just like when we talk about, you know, going organic, even with deodorant and stuff, people be like, oh, it worked, but it don't work. But it's like, no, like I didn't, I didn't tweak the system and, and I have truly learned how to not just make nature work for you, but to figure out what design does nature already have that I can utilize? Um, so I say all that to say you want to make sure that you're growing your own food so you can take back some power, not just in what you're eating, but how it's also going to affect your body. So that that to me is one of the, the greatest things. Like I have a friend that he actually uh, has, well, now over 41 acres in the Missouri Ozarks that he's turning into a big ranch. And when he started his uh, farm at his house, he would always say freedom isn't free. And essentially, that's what this is about. This is about freedom. Back in the day, they used to call these victory gardens and freedom gardens. But of course, now we've, we've gotten away from that. But even, you know, our ancestors, we have been the masters of this for a mighty long time, but we've gotten out of touch. So now let's get back in touch. And while we plant while we sow into the earth, we're going to receive while we're sowing as well as when we get that harvest. So I just look at it as let, let the blessings flow all through and through everywhere. <laughs> Victory Garden and Freedom Garden. I find that so fitting, not only because it's National Fruits and Vegetable Month, but we're also approaching Juneteenth. Yeah. So I want to know, how did you get into gardening? Because for many of us, we saw our grandparents with gardens or even our parents, but I'm a millennial and we strayed away from that. So how did you get into gardening? So I first got into the gardening aspect. It was interesting. I was into the farming with the animals first. <laughs> so I got into the gardening and the growing during the, the pandemic um, because I was an avid traveler. and on the many different social media groups that I was in, I saw that a lot of avid travelers were really struggling with their mental health. Um, because essentially when you get used to, oh, every three months I'm in another country or you know, even sooner than that, your brain actually gets addicted to it. And the whole concept of now everybody's on lockdown, they were struggling. And my thing was, I'm not about to sit here and go crazy. Like I just, I just refuse. Um, so I looked at my backyard, which my backyard has been practically barren for years. I, at one point was going to all that grass that I had, been, I was going to just pay somebody to concrete it in. That's how much I did not want to deal with it. I was not a plant person at all, but I just got out there and my mom had a few, uh, she, cause she has a little flower garden at the time and she would grow tomatoes and that would be just about it. But I was just like, you know what? I need something to do. I want to make my backyard look prettier. Cause you know, we can't go nowhere. So I'm a vacation in my backyard. So what started as a very small project, <laughs> next thing I know I'm buying chickens I got a whole flower garden on one side. I got a whole vegetable garden and now a sunflower patch as well. A, a chicken quarters, a, a dog quarter. Now it's a whole farm. <laughs> I just knew you were going to say, I went to visit my great auntie in Mississippi, but that was not the case. It was a pandemic. And I grew up, I said Mississippi, but I grew up in Mississippi. 
and my parents and grandparents, they they had a garden. But I also had, I live in an apartment, but I started planting tomatoes during the pandemic. And it was something that I did to give me a peace of mind. I'm not an avid traveler, but I like to be on the go with concerts and things like that. Mm -hmm. And there's something very interesting about you. You always learn there's so many different types of therapy. There's equestrian therapy. There's aqua therapy. There's all these different types of therapy, but you do nature therapy. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So with the nature therapy piece, it's literally about just going out in nature and making a connection. So one thing, and if you don't mind, because yes, Juneteenth is coming up, I'm going to make that ancestral connection as well. One thing that we definitely know is that our ancestors were a people of the land. They understood the land far beyond dare I say, what we even know. Like we've gotten so complicated and enhanced with technology, but there are still some things just like you, and really all of us could say, if we go to our grandparents, it's stuff that they'll say, that you be like, grandma, whatever. But you will see, like uh, I remember hearing one time, like if you see a cow and if they bend down a certain kind of way, that's how you know a storm is coming. Stuff that is like, I don't think you're going to find in no, in no science book or uh, uh, anything, but you know, it's true. <laughs> so our people, we are people of the earth. We learned how to work with the earth and in, and work with the earth in a way where we were not damaging to the earth. And when we think about, we, we know we talk about black don't crack and all of these things, but think about like what we were doing and yet we were still thriving. So at that point with nature therapy, it's all about making that connection again. Because when you sow a seed, and y'all forgive me, I love me some some God, I love me some Jesus, okay? So here come the, because my doctorate is is actually in divinity. So when you sow a seed and you look through the Bible, it's constantly talking about a seed, even have faith the size of a mustard seed, all these things talking about the parable of the the seed and the sower, all these different things. If you are seed conscious, when you sow that seed, be it a seed of your words, your thought, or a literal seed, you are in divine partnership with the creator of it all. You are a co-creator. And just to know that we always, like sometimes when we pray, we'll say, God, let me be your hands and your feet. Well, this is another way because we have to consider that our gardens are not just about us. Now, while granted, yes, my backyard mini farm is fenced in, but even though it's fenced in, it's not just for me. I'm improving the air quality of the entire surrounding area that I am in. I am literally adding greatness back into the soil that does not just, all of that is interconnected. And then when I plant my tall sunflower seeds, I love the fact that I have a neighbor that had, I've, we've never spoken and I've lived in this house for years never spoken before, but all of a sudden spoke to me to talk about how it made her day to see those tall sunflowers, to have people from blocks over talking about, are you the lady with the sunflowers and the chickens? And just hearing the pride that they know that here we are on the South side of Chicago and that we got something, even though they haven't, you know, it, it is Chicago. I ain't just inviting everybody into the mini farm now because, you know, you, even the words say you got to watch and pray. But 
you know, it's the fact that they are excited about this is happening in my own backyard. And then having those neighborhood people coming to me and asking, what can I do about this? What can I do about that? Watching the landscape change, not just of how they interact with me, but I'm now seeing more and more houses on my block. How I talk about my bay window jungle. I have plants all in my window. Now I'm seeing plants in other people's windows. Now I'm seeing in the front where people would just have maybe one bush, you know, that standard bush that everybody got. Oh, now I'm seeing that they're putting day lilies up there. They're putting other types of flowers. They're trying to get ready every now and then. I'll see somebody come to the front of my house and snap a picture and they're like, well, what flower is that right there? And I'm just here for it because at that point, we know there's an issue with bees. We're, We're helping with the bees. We're helping with the pollinators. We're improving air quality. We're improving when someone walks by and even just sees these things. Like nature is so powerful. When I did the study, it shows that even if you just see a picture of a nature scene, automatically serotonin and and other things in our, our other chemicals in our bodies are being released. And for me, it was special. And I wanted to share the journey because I was diagnosed with congestive heart failure when I was in eighth grade. And what I noticed is when I started getting my blood work back, it's a number called a pro BNP number. And essentially I call it my heart failure number. So a normal heart, that number will be 125 or lower. When I've been hospitalized and things of that nature, it will be in the thousands. When I'm maintaining generally, it's under a thousand, but about maybe like 700, 800. When I started doing nature therapy, when I started being intentional about going outside and connecting with the earth, started farming, started doing my things with my chickens, my number dropped all the way down to 400. And I got to see that in the wintertime, when I'm not outside, my number elevates back up. And soon as the spring comes and I'm back out, it goes right back down. So at that point, it was something that I was like, I have a due diligence to share with my people that we can work on healing as a cooperative effort. We can do this. And while we're healing ourselves, healing everything around us too. So that's my thing. Sorry, that was a little long-winded. It had a little preaching in there. (laughs) Just like you, we're here for it. We are here (laughs) for all of it. I love how you talked about the interconnectedness and the land is healing. It really is healing. I mean, for for hundreds and thousands of years, people have used the earth for healing. So getting back to it is just a wonderful thing. It's just making my my heart feel so good because I was I was reading an article earlier, maybe, you know, a week or two ago. And it was talking about the decline of the black farmer, how a century ago, we had so many more black farmers than we do now. And I think now there's only like less than 2% mm-hmm. of the farmers are black. Yes. Why do you think there is this huge decrease? And it sounds like not only do you plant those seeds to, to grow fruits and vegetables and plants and flowers, but you're also sowing these seeds in the lives of other people who are also creating these uh I don't know if they're farms or gardens. It sounds like they're gardens, but maybe some people are doing farming as well. So <laughs> I, I think that's beautiful. And I, I think 
that maybe that's what more of us can do as a way to increase more farming in the Black community. So what, what do you think is the reason for the decrease and how can we increase it? Um, I definitely think one of the reasons for the, a massive decrease is the fact that there is a unfair division of, of wealth when it comes uh, to farming. So when the government gives out uh, farming subsidies, um, from what I have researched, Black farmers are generally not first in line to get that. Um, and in addition to that, it, it it's a... It's really bad to say, but it's like it's a it's a lack of support that's there, because if we're 100 percent honest with ourselves, when we first imagine a farmer, we think of something like old McDonald's and the farmer. Let's be real. it, it They don't look like you or I. OK, and this is the same thing that I uh, ended up having to share on TikTok to make one of our non melanated brothers and sisters understand when they were just like, why bring race into this? It's the simple fact of we have to acknowledge things that are at play, because at the at the end of the day, when it comes to something like this, when we talk about, well, where is the black farmer? Let's take it back and, and let, let's get down to the root of things. When we think of a farmer, we generally don't think of ourselves. Now, as soon as somebody says the word sharecropper, now all of a sudden, that, that, that's, that's when we're thinking about somebody who's melanated. And when I go into the schools, the other thing that I want, I always believed in changing the world from the bottom up, meaning, you know what, some of the folks, they're going to be stuck in their ways. You know, so, some of them people even here, like some of the people we just got, got to accept. <laughs> that, you know, they are who they are. But if we can get the babies to understand that you can broaden your horizons early on. So when I tell them that, you know, a farm does not mean a red barn with thousands of acres in the middle of nowhere. So that's something else that we know in terms of historically, our people, we've always wanted better and greater for the next generation. And that was what the whole part of the great migration was about. We were getting away from rural areas where, oh, we had to farm. So now we can operate in these urban areas. We can operate, we can have that American dream where our slice of that American pie, things of that nature. So if we weren't cognizant of hey, we can still bring some of those things back with us. Hey, we can still do these things in the city. Then there's your number of farmers even further decreasing because it's like, we don't do that here. Like, no, we're we're up north. We're sophisticated now. And it's like, no, baby, we, we still gonna do what we have to do uh, for the community. And speaking of the community, we of course know that we have to do a better job of actually being community-minded in our communities, like we can have community gardens, we can do so much more together than we can separately, but everybody got to be on one accord. And we know sometimes Pookie and them don't want to be on one accord, or they got a whole different plan. <laughs> As you were speaking earlier about your own crops, I thought about, I grew up in a small town, like we have a four-way stop sign, we got a Dollar General in 2017. I've been living in North Carolina a lot, but um, my heart stays in Mississippi. And I remember my mom would probably grow, say, cucumbers and tomatoes, and somebody else would grow peas. 
and we would just share the different stuff. Somebody else would grow corn. And I didn't realize it then, but that was like cooperative economics or, or a combination of people sharing different things. But like you said, it seems like there's a pushback in that. So with what you're doing now, do you think there's going to be a change that'll that'll occur in your community or other communities? Especially since you're doing TikTok, because I know social media can have a great influence. Right. Like my my hope right now. Uh, so the schools that I have been blessed to to work in, everyone in the building noticed a difference when I started the garden there and I actually had we had an indoor garden as well as an outdoor garden. And like I had Zen gardens. I, I was thankfully the school allowed me as my, my mother and father would laugh at me to be my full hippie self. All right. Like I had sound bowls in there and everything. And we did that as a part of the restorative uh, piece um, or practices in the school. So opposed to doing punitive discipline, Let's give them the tools so they can be emotionally intelligent and grow in that because this is a high school. They're teenagers. We like we can't expect it's grown folks that still ain't ain't got the concepts down. But basically adding that social emotional learning in with that nature therapy in with also learning a skill because I am in an inner city. I am in that particular school. It set as a food desert, that neighborhood for so many years. And the grocery stores that are there, I've gone in the subpar. Okay. Like to say the least, but yet the prices are sky high. We, of course, we know that's how that goes. So in teaching them and then to have the students be so excited, like I had them name their plants and I said, like, Hey, y'all plant mamas and daddies now. Like, and, and, you know, of course that does put some other things on their mind that I, I want them to always know every lesson I teach you, I'm teaching you about these plants and stuff like that. But baby, this this concept of a seed, it goes far beyond just the seed that I'm holding in my hand. Like, um, so, and, and seeing when I would bug them, like, hey, did you check on your plant today? And, and I'm like, oh yeah. So you see how you can't just sow a seed somewhere and have something produced and think you could just run off and not do nothing with it. Like doing all those different things but then also when they were having a bad day, being like, okay, well, take care of this. Because sometimes, and um, there's another uh, wonderful woman on TikTok. Her name is escaping me right now. Um, but she's worked in therapy as well. And she uh, has done some studies on how plant care does actually work into self-care as well. So in doing all of that, I basically hope to be able to show Because once again, I believe in changing the world from the bottom up. If we can show that, hey, I was at a school where they were having a fight every other day and I got it down to if it was one once a month. And it was because they had those tools. It was because they were like, you know what, let me get to to Miss Brewer's room real quick. And like the kids would call my classroom their sanctuary. And it wasn't so much that I, I want to say that I was doing anything special besides what I was brought there to do and to create that safe space. But they also knew like some of them, it would be funny. They would come in and they would say, where, where my air purifying plant? At? Cause you know what? I just can't take the air right now. And I'm okay. Here you go, baby. You know what? Why, why you had to go water the baby? Like, but giving them something to do, bringing the chickens to school 
And, and that was a joy <laughs> because most of them, they never thought about where your food comes from. So there's a gas station across the street from the school that has a bunch of snacks. They, of course, profit off of the high school kids. But that's when I started thinking, they like, this stuff we eating, this ain't good for us. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad y'all finally noticed that. <laughs> and, and just for them to be able to experience stuff tastes different when it's fresh. You feel different when you're eating something fresh. Um, so just seeing all of that together, my hope is, and that's why I want to expand into more schools, that as I go into more schools and have this impact that people can say, especially in those schools that nobody wants to deal with or people didn't wrote them off and stuff, once they see that there's been a change here, let's, let's incorporate that. And even at the school that I'm at, I told them, we didn't gate off the, the guard or anything. The community can come out and work in it if they want. If they see me out there, come on, talk to me. What, what you want to do? What, what you want to learn? What you trying to figure out? Like, I'm here for it. We, we opened it up and we did a community garden class as well, where we gave away seeds. So it, it's like, there's so many things that can be built off of it. But like I said, I personally, I believe in just working from the, the bottom up. And so if we could just get more people to see the results and see the results in, in color, so to speak, I think that that's the key to it all. I wow. am really embracing this whole synergistic relationship. It's, it's really a relationship. I'm sitting here thinking, wow, you're giving to the plants and the plants are giving back to you. That is really blowing my mind. I'm sitting here like, I need to start doing this because <laughs> it's going to give back. You know, you, the more you give, the more you receive. And Phyllis had mentioned earlier about one of the principles, cooperative economics. And I'm thinking about collective work and responsibility when you talk about this community gardening. So what if you can't afford to do it, by yourself, or you don't have the time, the means, or whatever it is, you can come together in the community. And that's another way of giving and receiving. I, I am just, I'm loving this. And look, even thinking about the principles, Nia with purpose, making sure that they understand, like, first, God is awesome. I, I told y'all I love me. <laughs> God is awesome. And God is the ultimate architect and everything that God created, it works. And so I know like you'll hear people say like, oh, faith, faith it till you make it and stuff. And I just say faith works if you work it because it's already designed to work. It's just the question that if you go tap in. So <laughs> it's the thing of knowing that everything has a purpose and it's a purpose beyond just itself. It's always going to have layers to it because when you got a God that's as awesome as ours, that's always thinking about each and every last one of us and what we need, oh, that, that purpose gets a little heavy. So it becomes more than just, oh, I want something to look pretty. Oh, I want something that's literally going to change the landscape and the terrain, not just physically, but spiritually. Like if it comes like just this whole, whole thing that it's like, it's hard to put into words, but I just hope that I'm painting at least some of a little sliver of the picture because it's just, 
it, it's something that's truly, truly amazing. And I truly pray that more of us can jump on board and know that like, you don't have to be a guru. Start wherever you are. Like, it does not take much. And even if you've done it before and you tried and failed, they pick yourself up and try again. Like every great grower, no matter what crop, they didn't kill some plants before, but don't let that, that plant die in vain. Think about what, what could I have done better? So be it, did I not give it enough water? Did I give it too much water? Did I give it too much fertilizer? Look, be a reflective practitioner. Go back and figure out how can I make this better? Because in knowing once I get it together, this is going to be a mutually beneficial relationship. Yes, yes. I just love it. One other thing that I wanted to talk about was you are an urban farmer and urban gardener, but you live in a house. What about, I don't know about farming in an apartment, but <laughs> what about gardening in an apartment? Yeah. What would something like that look like? How would someone be able to do that? People may be thinking, I live in an apartment. I would love to garden, but I just, I can't. Right. And that, and that's where my phrase there's always room to grow comes in at. So if you are in an apartment, so depending on your apartment rules. So let me, before I go into it, let me break down the number one difference between farming and gardening. When you add livestock, you're no longer just gardening, you're farming. So the moment I decided to get them chicky babies, my, my backyard garden became a backyard farm. It's a mini farm, granted, but it's a farm. Um, so if your apartment will is spacious enough, because them, them chickens gonna want some space in that. Um, if your apartment is spacious enough for some chickens, then baby, you 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 can farm back there, uh, or, or quails, ducks, whatever. Um, but be prepared for some smells and stuff because they're gonna be confined. But in terms of gardening, I've I've gotten questions before on YouTube and TikTok where they're just like, I don't even get good lighting. And the crazy thing is, once again, sometimes we overcomplicate things. <laughs> so not every crop needs a lot of sun. Not every houseplant requires a bright, direct sunlight. So it's just simply you looking at the space that you do have and realizing that there's potential there. So if you know that you have windows, so my windows face the east and the west. So I get indirect sun in my bay window jungle, but I still have plants that are thriving. If I so decided, I could put fruits and vegetables up there as well. It's called windowsill gardening. Um, something else, if you have patio. You can get, they specifically have uh, bred a patio tomato plant now. So you can have your, your tomatoes and it won't get too, too big, but it's specifically designed for your patio. This is where um, vertical gardening comes in at, and that is simply maximizing the space that you have. So getting stackable planters, like um, I purchased some from Aldi, they had them on sale three pack, $20. Cause once again, I don't believe in breaking the bank when you start in your garden. Um, and then, yeah, you can grow strawberries in there. You can grow all your, your tea. So your chamomiles, your, your mints, all those things, all these things you can grow in an apartment. And if you don't have a balcony, if you have windows and maybe there's a building that's blocking, get you what they call plant lights or grow lights. 
So pretty much as long as you have a little slither of a corner, you got room to grow. They also have grow kits of like basil and and lavender and other uh, herbs that people cook with a lot that it comes like maybe this big and they just tell them like you can literally sit it on your counter in your kitchen and grow it. Um, Another great option if you're cramped for space and if you have the plug because I live in an older house. So, you know, plugs is sometimes, you know, back in back in the 50s and stuff when they was building these houses, we ain't have all them electronics and stuff. Um, so and I said we like I was alive. But anyway, <laughs> um, if you have the plug and the counter space for it, uh, Aero Gardens, which is hydrophonics, which is planting with water and not soil. They come, they're not as big as this notebook, like in terms of how much space they take up and they might be maybe that tall and you can grow there. So regardless of if you're in an apartment and you could be in the house and still not have, you know, a lot of space in the house because kids, whatever, backyard, get cars or what. At the end of the day, there's always room for you to grow. I want everybody that's that's listening, that'll watch it later on, I really want that to sink in. And just like I tell my students, I'm not just saying that on one level. I'm saying that there's always room to grow until it's over and there's no more air in your body, nothing else pumping. That's the only time that, okay, you've reached your your maximum capacity. But other than that, you always have room to grow. So the question is, are you ready? Because once once you're ready, like if you got questions, if you want to be walk through the process all you gotta do is hit me i will happily help you like i have videos showing how you can get the seed disc and start and boom a few days you got you some lettuce like whatever it is like that is one thing i can say that i've noticed about the gardening community on social media we're we're here for one another it's legitimately a community yeah sometimes there's a little strife because as we know there's a mainstream community and then there's a melanated community. And sometimes you get some that trickle over into the other side and then, well, why is this? Why that? But at the end of the day, everybody's still there for a main purpose. And that's everybody wants to grow. Everybody wants to be happy and healthy, or as I like to say, live they, they best happy, healthy garden and lives. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I am here for it. So look, whenever you are ready, girl just just hit me I, I will walk you through it step by step happily what I really like about you Dr. Shante I don't know what happened to my picture but you guys can hear me correct yes okay what I really like about you is your personality is your authentic and who you are you're unapologetic about your faith but you are eliminating excuses somebody say something about money it doesn't matter you can use stuff that you already have you can use EBT Somebody said something about space. Um, You gave us three things that we can use for space. You have balconies. You have these hydro things. Um, What if light's an issue? I got something from that. What if you kill plants? Well, try again. I really like that you are eliminating excuses. And we watched a few of your videos on YouTube, and you gave very great insight on different things about snakes, because that's one thing I'm very afraid of. And (laughs) when my parents had a garden, I remember seeing a snake in there, and different things about squirrels, and you talked about the pushback of it 
being perceived as lowly. How can we change our perception of gardening in other ways? And what are some other benefits that you may have not hit during this interview? Let's see. I think one way that we can get out of the mindset of thinking that gardening is beneath us is realizing that there's power in the person who grows. There's power for the person who knows how to make things happen. And I think we for, we forget that, that it's like we're only thinking about making things happen in, in one, one small type of way. But like, think about it. You can grow in whatever space that you have and you can actually turn it into a profit. So you don't have to just grow for yourself to eat. So sometimes we know some people are just money motivated. And hey, by all means, do you, boo-boo. So maybe it has to be just like how I have a new program that's rolling out um, for any schools that are open to it, where I do urban agricultural entrepreneurship, where we're literally going to show them how they can start a business with agriculture, with things that they've grown. Mm -hmm. So I believe that that's one option because the mindset for some people might be, oh, you do that because you ain't got it because you can't go to Whole Foods because you can't go to Mariano's because you can't go to Trader Joe's opposed to realizing like, nah, I can, but guess what? You still don't know what they doing. They, they mm-hmm. say it's organic, but you know, then it's almost like you have to take your mindset back to remember when you were a teenager and you questioned everything, questioned all authority. Well, how do I really know unless I do it myself? Um, I think it's also important For us, I'm a history buff as well. So to look through the history and to see how during Jim Crow, Reconstruction, all of that, consider what happened with us with propaganda and watermelon. Watermelon was a symbol of prosperity in the Black community. Like we were healthy and thriving thanks to watermelon. But then what happened? Oh, watermelon and chicken. And all of a sudden, we want to throw our hands up. So it's kind of like we have to also realize that we have to be smart on our own end. And what I mean by, by smart is we have to not necessarily take what's being force fed to us and do our own research and say, you know what, let me go back. We have to be mindful of how we can be empowered as we're doing these things. So I love, even though I admit, I'm not very successful at growing watermelon. My watermelon, they come out juicy, they come out sweet, but so small. Um, and, and everyone always tells me like, Shata, you can't expect Mississippi watermelon. Like Chicago was not Mississippi. The, the heat is like, it comes and goes. Cause I, I don't know if y'all know about Chicago weather, but like she does whatever she wants to do. Like if she won't winter to happen in July, it's happening and nobody can do anything about it. Um, but I think about watermelon and okra. Those are two crops that because of the historical significance of our people, I make sure every year I grow. Okra literally came over through women's hair, the beaded seeds were in their hair to know about the propaganda and all that surrounded the the watermelon. I'm like, I got to grow that. And I don't, I don't care what anybody has to say about it. Um, So once we see the empowerment that's there, 
once we see the flat out power and even possibly the power um, that you can make money um, in and the power of being able to, I don't necessarily say want to heal yourself, but be in partnership with God and nature to heal yourself. Then I think that whole lowly concept would fade away. Once we uh, start paying attention, and I know not everyone possibly goes to the doctor as much as I do and give as much blood as I do because of my condition. But once you start seeing the numbers and you see, so for people who are in the Midwest, we hear it and we know it and we don't pay attention to it. And most people in the Midwest have a vitamin D deficiency. It's because of our winters that we don't go outside. And then, of course, in the summertime when it hit, because we're not used to heat, we be like, oh, it's too hot. I'm staying in the house. But if you were to get out there and garden and garden in the morning before the sun has hit the peak of the day and get out there, you'll get your, your vitamin D and you'll start noticing the differences in, in your body. For those who have heart, um, I'm sorry, blood pressure issues, diabetes, a bunch of other things that plague our community. There's literally research out there that shows people who get out and start gardening and even doing nature therapy by ways of doing something called grounding, which we know if we look at any of the old documentaries from things back in Africa, it, it, it's not that our, our ancestors were so intelligent that they couldn't con, uh, con, make some shoes. No, they, they were barefoot for a reason. And it was interesting because I read where it was talking about the electromagnetic fields. Like this stuff like legit goes deep as in terms of when you step on the ground and you're barefoot and depending on where you are in the electromagnetic field, feels how it literally starts to center you and the positive and the negative has to balance out. So when we do that, when we do just uh, sunbathing and not in the sense of I'm trying to get a tan, but literally feeling those rays going in, not overdoing it because, you know, skin cancer is a real thing, um, but just sitting, sitting there and, and taking in all the nature has. Something else I love to do is yoga out there. And every time the wind blows, I always feel like, that's God embracing me. Every time I, I, I look up and I'm doing my mountain pose and like I pray while I'm doing yoga. Um, and when I raise my hand and I feel the sun, I feel like that's God kissing me. So it, it's just once again, taking it back to the basics and knowing that God is all there is and God has everything that I need to survive. And because he has everything I need to survive, I just got to tap in and I just got to be willing and ready to accept all the good that he has for me. Once we do that, we're going to be good on multiple levels. <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth. And I think I love being out in nature because I do think that nature is the epitome of God's glory. It's like I love the beach. And when I go to the ocean, I sit and I look at how massive the ocean is and how endless it is like god god is so awesome and yeah it's just the glory of god i have one last question for you <laughs> now i i'm a freak fed kid. i just love learning stuff so just sitting here i'm just like oh wow this is just fascinating my last question then is how long does it take to garden like how much time do i need to put into this thing uh, okay. So it definitely depends on how much you're trying to do, <laughs> but I will say this. 
starting the garden is what takes the most amount of time. And especially if it's your first time, it's going to take so much time because you like, you're second guessing yourself basically. And then you, you're more so looking for aesthetics opposed to functionality. And that's okay because I feel like gardening is a process and in order for you to go through the process and get the progress that you want, you got to go through the process. So meaning you, you, you gonna have to have a few moments where you like, I for real did that. That don't even make no sense. Like you gonna have to have a few of those moments so you can grow and learn through what you went through. Um, so on average now, so give an example today, cause I, I went out this morning because the garden has, um, and started, everything has been sown. So now it's just coming out in maintenance, watering, making sure everything's all good. So I choose to spend at least an hour a day in the morning and an hour in the evening. But realistically, I don't have to spend that much time. That's my choice because I enjoy it out there. So even if someone who wants to start a garden feels like I don't have the time, take one weekend to start the garden. Like, and I'm not saying that you got to work Friday through through Sunday. No, because you're going to take a day to think about it. You're going to take a day to go to the store and then the actual day to do it at your leisure. And after you do that, it's literally watering and just checking up on it. And it, if it's anything like what I know, you'll begin to spend more time out there what you can you know uh spare just because you're gonna like the way you feel and it and when and do not be surprised when it hits you when that first thing that you didn't plant it from seed you see that first leaf pop up you're gonna be like oh can't nobody tell me nothing like you just gonna know that like can't nobody touch you you the bomb.com like it, it is going to be that moment that even if you're like, I'm not sure about this or whatever. Like, I guess that's something, you know what? Yes, that's something I should forewarn people. You can get a slight superiority complex gardening. Like when, when you get plants that are thriving, you, <laughs> baby, do you know what these hands do? These hands bless the earth. You better quit playing with me. Put some respect on my neck, my grow game. Like, so yes, expect that even if you, like, I'm not sure I'm going to try this because I'm just, I just want to see. Yeah. Please believe the garden is going to move you. The spirit of the garden is going to move you. And when you get them, them first pops of color, when your first flowers start blooming, when you get that first good strawberry and you eat it and you taste it, it don't taste like the store. When you get your first pot of collard greens that you didn't grew yourself, all of a sudden, you're gonna be, you literally gonna be walking down the street just like oh, these normal people. Like I laugh when I got my chickens. And I, I said I was gonna stop doing it, but I ain't gonna lie, I still do it. Oh, that I go and when I see people bad eggs, I just be like, oh, you poor thing. <laughs> like, and I just take my car, and just go move, moving up. <laughs> but uh yeah, you're you're definitely you're gonna love it. Like I said, if you have maybe 15 minutes a day that you can dedicate after you start, that's the bare minimum probably that you would need. You're going to want to spend more time out there though, because especially when you start, you want to be doing photo shoots out there and everything. Like you want me to sit at that. Even the guys, they're going to have their phone. They're like, hey bro, check me out. Check me out. 
Hey, I grew that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have so enjoyed this interview. It's made me just proud to be Black and proud of my own personal experiences as you were talking. I used to pick okra. We had our own garden. Patricia and I talked earlier about watermelon and the economics of it back in the day. And it's just been a joy. And we had chickens when I grew up. So I always thought when I went to the city that the eggs tasted funny. So, now, so you know, I, I read that the uh, the grocery stores to maintain the eggs because, you know, they have to keep them for a little while longer and the eggs aren't fresh, that they do put something on the eggs. But yeah, my, my fresh eggs and I put my chicky ladies on an organic diet too. Yeah, it, it tastes significantly different. And the eggs hold you over longer too. Oh, I didn't even pay attention to that, but I just remember being like, these eggs taste funny when I went to go visit <laughs> my sister. Now. Like these don't taste like our eggs, the brown eggs we had. But mm-hmm. you have given us so much information already, but I know you can give the audience what we call a principle challenge, which is just a call to action. What would you like for them to do? And before you do that, could you please give them your information, such as your TikTok website or anything else, in addition to what you like for them to do? Okay, so for on all social media platforms, well, I shouldn't say all. So on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, I am Shy Farmer Bay. So shy, not like I'm shy, but uh, shy, like I'm from Chicago. So C-H-I, Farmer Bay. Um, and my website is live, learn, love, LLC.com. Um, my youth organization, um, that I go into the schools and do urban agriculture in is visionoutreachchicago.org. And let's see a call to action. Principal challenge. Live them out. Is grow something. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make it really, really simple. Like if you go on the website, you'll see I got cute little T-shirts and all of that. I got a gardening planner that's going to uh, come out soon. But more importantly, I want each and every last listener, start small but grow something. Even if it's you getting you a bamboo plant. Get you a bamboo plant. It's hard to kill. That's that's why I said that one. Or get you a snake plant. Something that, and the reason why I mentioned these two plants, first and foremost, um, they have great feng shui. Um, so with the snake plant, the feng shui of that is that it gives off protection vibes. Um, and with the bamboo, it gives peace, clarity, but these are also air purifying plants. Um, and like I said, they're hard to kill. <laughs> <laughs> but grow something. If you want to start with an easy crop to grow, herbs, lettuce, tomato, um, sorry, potatoes and onions are very easy to grow. Potatoes, onions can be grown in grow bags. So that's another option. If you have small space, literally we go to Amazon for everything else, but if you have an old heavy duty grocery store bag, that could be your grow bag. Like you don't have to spend a bunch of money, but I, I really fully want to encourage you to grow something. And when, as you're growing, allow yourself that moment to be proud of what you have done. Because in that moment, when you grew something, baby, you activated 
your, your little guy status for real, for real. You were a co-creator. It was by the works of your hands that you and everything around you will be blessed from that, that seed, from that book, from essentially the idea that you had and you put in action. So please, please, please grow something. We love it and we'll be in touch. And thank you so much. Thank you all for having me. It was such a pleasure. I love it when I'm around people that just let me ramble on about my passion and don't look at me like I'm an alien. <laughs> yes, we love it. We love it. Thank you so much. You've been so Thank great. You for being here. Thank you. Bye. Bye. For our next section, open your heart, mind, and ears as we spread the news. The good news, not just any news. Not rumors, not rubbish. Living the principles, we spread the good news. Abra Lee is a horticulturist, writer, and historian who is focused on researching and writing about Black, Ameri- a Black American garden history. She has worked as the landscape manager at Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta International Airport and as a horticulturist at George Bush Inter- Intercontinental Airport. Her first book, Conquer the Soil, Black America, and the Untold Stories of Our Country's Gardeners, Farmers, and Growers will be published later in the year. I'm getting all y'all my glasses. I ain't got no glasses. I got to lean in. (laughs) Our second good news, well, this isn't a garden, but it's one way to get in touch with nature. Black men are frolicking across TikTok in a moment of Black boy joy overload. The sporadic action of frolicking spread like wildfire. Many other Black men also take it to the app to post videos of their own cheerful gallivanting. The tags frolicking and Black men frolic has racked up millions of views. So it goes back to what Dr. Shante said, we're getting in tune with nature. Our last good news comes from children. And we love the kids. Zach and Zoe Sweet Bee Farm is a raw honey business started by Cam and Summer Johnson, after their youngest son, Zach, who has asthma, developed very bad seasonal allergies. After reading about the many benefits of raw honey and how it can help prevent allergies through a concept called immunotherapy, the family decided to source raw honey from local beekeepers. They noticed huge improvements in Zach's allergies, which in turn inspired the family to become beekeepers and produce pure raw honey of their own with no pesticides or additives. They were even featured on Shark Tank. Latricia, that concludes the good news. So let's finish us off with a soul snack. Our soul snack for today comes from an African proverb, and it says, eating what you plant is better than begging for leftovers. That's our show for today. Until next time, expand your minds and impact your communities. Thanks for listening to Living the Principles podcast. Be sure to visit us at livingtheprinciples365.com to access the show and join in on the conversations.